was on a stormy Thursday night when Cynthia first knocked on my door, and that's when I sensed something was off. Can I stay the night here? She asked without any preamble. Seeing her pale face, flushed cheeks, and the redness beneath her eyes, I thought, she really needs this. I let her in, offered her a seat, and went to make some tea. I chose chamomile, thinking it might help calm her nerves. She followed me into the kitchen, watching anxiously as I prepared the tea. Once back in the living room, I asked, Are you okay? She was wrapped in warm blankets, sipping her tea. Tears sprang to her eyes, and I could see the heart-wrenching vulnerability and fear on her face. Hi. I just can't be alone tonight, she whispered, her lip quivering as she looked down at her tea. Is someone hurting you? I asked, concerned. Cynthia and I were merely neighbors who occasionally greeted each other. She had invited me to her housewarming party three months earlier, but that was it. So, her sudden appearance at my door made me think something serious must have happened. She didn't respond, only continuing to cry silently. I decided not to press further, giving her space instead. She insisted on sleeping in my room but not on the bed, opting for a makeshift bed on the floor. I struggled to sleep that night, unaccustomed to having company. Cynthia's muffled sobs kept me awake and I felt sympathy for her situation. I finally dozed off around 2 a.m., but it was a fitful sleep. Startled awake, I remembered Cynthia was in my room. Just as I was about to exhale in relief, I heard her mumbling in a desperate whisper. Straining to hear, I finally discerned her words, I don't see you. You can't make me. You can't come near me. You can't hurt me. She repeated them over and over, and I wondered if she had been abused. I felt anger, but then realized I didn't even know for sure what was happening. I lay there, listening to her, not bothering to try to sleep again. At some point, her words changed, don't come near me. Leave me alone. Stop it. Stop it. Her voice grew more frantic and louder. I couldn't ignore it anymore. Sitting up, I switched on the bedside light and looked at Cynthia. For a moment, I thought I saw a pale hand on her back, but when I looked again, it was just a white patch on her black blouse. Relieved, I let out a shaky breath. Cynthia, are you okay? She jerked and went still. Silence stretched on, and I said, I'm here if you need me, okay? No response. Okay, I'll try to sleep now. Can I leave the light on for you? Still no response. All right. Good night, Cynthia. My words, everything will be okay, felt empty and unconvincing. I sighed, turned away, and pulled the covers over my head to block the light. After that night, Cynthia stopped coming over. I occasionally checked on her to make sure she was safe, but she seemed to grow weaker and sicker, refusing medical help. My life grew busier, so I could only visit her sporadically with baked goods and such. One night, I awoke to the sounds of screaming and two men's voices. Grabbing my baseball bat, I ran to the door and threw it open. Cynthia was there, struggling with two police officers who were trying to calm her down. One officer held her gently while firmly saying, Ma'am, there's nothing there. No one's here. You're safe. As I rushed into the hallway with my bat, all eyes turned to me. After a moment of confused stares, I lowered my bat, not wanting any trouble. 
what's going on here? Are you okay, Cynthia? I asked, placing the bow on the ground. She's here, trying to control me, trying to hurt me and make me do things I don't want to do. Cynthia's frantic screams sent chills down my spine. Do you know her? Please tell her there's no one here. She called the police, claiming a woman broke into her house, threatened her, and attacked her. But there's no one in here. I can see her right now. She's right here. Oh God. Why can't you see her? Why can't anyone see her? Cynthia shrieked, pointing at nothing. Her scream shook me to the core, and after a moment, I looked Cynthia in the eyes. Cynthia, there's really no one there. It's just us. Cynthia glanced at me briefly before turning away and emitting a howl of sheer terror. I was at a loss, standing there with my mouth agape, unable to comprehend the chaos unfolding before me. Please, 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 Cynthia whispered, pleading with the unseen person, tell me you see her. As I looked in the direction she pointed, my nerves on edge, I was about to assure her there was nothing there when I saw it, a translucent, elderly woman materializing before my eyes, her shape becoming clearer. She resembled an old lady, but not like any I had ever seen. She wore a dated, flowery dress, her face gaunt, eye sockets empty and healed over, her nose a gash, her mouth a warped version of a child's drawing. Her presence felt menacing. Her eye cavities seemed to peer into my soul. Cynthia's hopeful scream snapped me out of my trance. You see her too. As I stared at the creature, the police officers turned to me. My cheeks drained a color, and I began to panic. Struggling to speak, I eventually gave up. You see her too, right? Tell them. Cynthia sobbed. The creature then attempted to smile, tearing its skin in the process. It placed a finger on its mouth, and I felt a wave of unearthly cold. I knew that if I acknowledged its existence, it would come after me. Torn between revealing the creature's presence and protecting myself, I glanced at Cynthia, the officers, and back at the creature. I knew what I had to do, but it wasn't easy. With the officers watching, I turned to Cynthia in faint confusion, I'm sorry, Cynthia, but there's no one there. Her face fell into despair, anger, and horror as hope vanished. I felt a pang of guilt but I held back my emotions. No, you, you saw her. Tell them. Cynthia resumed thrashing and screaming. The officers seemed relieved. They preferred my denial over the possibility of something unexplainable. I apologized again to Cynthia, retrieved my baseball bat, and returned to my apartment, locking the door behind me. As they took her away, she continued screaming and hurling insults at me. A few months later, I saw Cynthia outside, thin and pale. As I turned to call out to her, I saw the deformed elderly woman again, close behind her. The creature looked at me, grinned, and put a finger to its mouth. Fear overwhelmed me, and I walked away without speaking to her. I occasionally see Cynthia, but she rarely leaves her home. Her mail is piling up, and I know I should check on her, but I can't bring myself to do it. I consider moving away and burying the guilt deep within my consciousness. I know what I've done and will continue to do ways on me, but I didn't have a choice. Did I? As the creature lunged at me, a surge of adrenaline coursed through my veins. I dodged its attack and grabbed a nearby lamp, brandishing it like a weapon, 
Cynthia, still huddled in the corner, watched with a mixture of terror and hope in her eyes. I could see her strength returning as she realized that she was no longer alone in her fight against the creature. The creature and I circled each other, sizing each other up. Its once grinning face now twisted into an expression of anger and malice, no doubt enraged by my defiance. I knew I had to put an end to its reign of terror. As it lunged at me again, I swung the lamp with all my might, connecting with its grotesque form. It let out a guttural scream and stumbled back, temporarily disoriented. I could see its body flickering, as if the physical blow had disrupted its connection to our world. Seizing the opportunity, I reached into my pocket and pulled out a small vial of salt. I had researched supernatural entities after my first encounter with the creature and discovered that salt was a common protective measure against malevolent spirits. I quickly formed a circle of salt around Cynthia and myself. The creature snarled and attempted to cross the barrier but recoiled in pain as it made contact with the salt. Its frustration was palpable, but I knew we were safe for the time being. As Cynthia and I huddled together within the circle, I pulled out my phone and dialed the number of a local paranormal investigator. I had found their contact information during my research, and it was clear that we needed professional help to banish the creature for good. The investigator arrived quickly, armed with a variety of tools and talismans. They performed a cleansing ritual on Cynthia's apartment, using a combination of sage, holy water, and incantations. The air around us seemed to lighten, and the creature's presence gradually faded away. In the aftermath, Cynthia and I were left to pick up the pieces of our lives. We worked together to restore her apartment and our friendship, now bonded by the shared experience of facing the creature. Word spread about our encounter, and soon others came forward with similar stories. The paranormal investigator we had contacted became a trusted ally, helping those tormented by supernatural beings. As for Cynthia and me, we vowed never to let fear control our lives again. We had confronted the creature in one, and in doing so, we had discovered the power of standing together against the darkness.